If I Ran the Bank is a podcast hosted by Clayton Weir, co-founder and head of product and strategy at Fispan, a fintech that is enabling banks to provide contextualized, consumer-like experiences to their business clients. Clayton is a thought leader in financial innovation and hits on the hottest topics in banking, finance, and the future of payments. And he wants to know, if you ran the bank, what's the one thing you'd go all in on? Please tune in to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, here's your host, Clayton Weir. Hey, everyone. Uh, Welcome to another episode of If I Ran the Bank. I am your host, as always, Clayton Weir, and I'm very excited for today's guest. I have with me uh, Carrie Agisotis, who is the APAC market leader for the Sage business, which is, you know, most of you know, Sage is one of the largest uh, vendors of financial operational software for businesses anywhere in the world. And I think prior to that, what's interesting about Carrie is he was the president of Western Union Business Solutions. So that's one of the biggest, you know, non-bank sort of, you know, payment or financial institutions that services businesses globally also spent a you know did some tours of duty with you know travelx and deep again i guess coming full circle in the enterprise software business with uh, with oracle um wanted to have carry on the show to talk a lot about that about how his world is a you know servicer of the operational needs of these small businesses or the you know the technology that helps them meet their operational needs how that's kind of intersecting and and interacting with the world of financial services today. And I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. Um, thanks for joining us, Carrie. Is there anything you want to, f- any blanks you want to fill in on uh, on your background? No, look, I think you summarized it well. And, and like you said, um, we've had the, the sort of fortune of uh, sort of oscillating in and out of, you know, tech and the financial services arena. And so, um, you know, I can sort of see, you know, where we sit today, really exciting time in the in, how you know those things are really blending right so so to your point it's it's a really interesting topic can you maybe just set a better context for the last listener both you know so the the types of businesses that that are your customer and maybe that some of the types of problems or jobs that your tools help solve for them today yeah sure look we're, we're a SaaS provider of business management systems. so you know essentially we we serve small to mid-sized businesses really with their, their core business operational platform. So accounting, payroll, HR, you know, at the very core. Um, we also interestingly serve accountants. So we, we address the needs of small to mid-sized accounting firms in tax and practice management. And that's interesting because we get to sort of see the, the, the sort of through lens to their clients, you know, the, the way that they manage uh, small businesses and how that the industry is shifting, you know, from a digitalization standpoint to provide new services. Um, and so it's a really interesting time through through that space as well, which uh, we can touch on. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe just because you kind of left that dangling there, it's it's maybe something to expand on. I, I think it's, I, I think from the bank's perspective, it's often not thought through thoroughly or it's not as visible like the do you maybe want to characterize the state of that you know how these kind of outsourced you know bookkeepers or these account service providers like their market share when we're talking about small and medium businesses of of them kind of being the primary sort of financial operator versus you know a finance department the business is is probably really mature uh, it, it's huge and it's, it's one of these things that um I, I had little exposure to until i joined sage um four years ago and, you know, we, we serve, just as an example, about 7,000-odd bookkeepers, you know, small to mid-sized accounting practices who touch uh, close to about a million businesses. Um, and, 
you know, well in excess of, you know, a couple of million individuals. So, you know, when you think about just that, that ecosystem, right, and the importance of that ecosystem, because at the touch point with that firm, it, there is no more trusted relationship at the very core. You know, they're managing the relationship between their business and government. And so, you know, the financial welfare of that organization in the eyes of government is something that all businesses care about uh, and ensuring that they're obviously, you know, compliant with their requirements. And and, and so you know, go back to the, the topic at hand, at the very core, what what that industry is doing is is it's about risk management. That the fundamental shift is now driving to true value add. And, and that's the competition. Everybody is competing for a, a share of that, you know, value add wallet, if you like, right? You know, every organization on the planet is now looking beyond what it is, is that they used to do as a core and how they evolve into something more than that. And that's where I really see when you sort of come back to these two spaces of software and financial services. I see those industries really now blurring and crossing over in terms of competition to drive value add in very, very similar spaces, if not identical spaces. And so that, I mean, that's, I think that's a really good transition again. And so, I mean, let's unpack that. So maybe we'll start, you know, I, I, saying it's linear maybe is disingenuous, right? There's obviously somebody like yourself, you're in there as the primary ledger of the business and hold all this operational data and help them keep their books in order. And the bank does a lot of really important jobs and maybe a way to think about how important they are. I know in the middle market and corporate space, globally, the ERP licensing business is about the same as the transaction banking kind of revenue business, right? So the total amount of fees paid on treasury banking are about the same as what you pay for your kind of operational software, right? So two really big, you know, celestial bodies in, in the business's world. So do you, and I think the change in the, maybe those aren't the only two players that matter here, but those are two really big players that, you know, in their case are probably inching towards your world and some of the jobs you do. And in your case are probably backing out from some of these in the weeds jobs you're doing for the business to how it kind of finishes full cycle. Do you want to maybe just walk us through that? Like, you know, maybe from your perspective first, and then maybe if you could hypothesize from the bank's perspective into your world. Yeah, yeah, look, completely. And and so you sort of come back to where I, I think, you know, most industry and businesses sort of start and especially established ones, you know, which, which is, you know, to protect and expand. So, you know, software business like Sage has been around a long time, you know, it's got a really rich vein of a large customer base and recurring income. And so now, you know, you're looking for, you know, ways of expanding and the most obvious is looking at very close and tight adjacencies. Um, you know, in our world, that fundamentally is, you know, when you think about, you know, the very core of running now, uh, you know, the, the P&L of a business, running the accounts of a business, you know, it's essentially managing inflows, outflows, and, you know, the, 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 you know, where that data lives and where those transactions lie is essentially in the banks that you deal with, you know, that, that you effectively have relationships with. So, you know, that, that first crossover that we saw in this space has really been integration into AP and AR related activity. So bank feeds coming in for, you know, bank reconciliation type work for receivables, as well as integration into payment systems for payables. And so, you know, those two, that crossover was the sort of starting point. Now, come come back to the economics of it all. Um, you know, 
I'm protecting my software income stream. And what I'm trying to do is value add to those clients. So I, I keep their eyeballs on my, my software and, you know, that part of the desktop longer than anybody else. So I'm willing to actually subsidize, you know, some of the costs associated with that activity in order for me to continue winning that client. And, and so in some ways, I'm crossing over into an industry, you know, with a, a, a sort of a financial profile and an income stream that allows me to now, you know, enter that environment, that industry, you know, at an advantage because I don't necessarily need to monetize that in the same way. So fintech who's only worried about payments, that's the only income stream. They've got to worry about how they monetize that. You know, a bank has got significant infrastructure, you know, related, you know, costs. They've got to worry about how they recover that. For me, if I can play on other people's rails and I can subsidize that a little bit, and what that results in is, you know, increased customer acquisition or retention or buying stuff, you know, that, that's how I monetize it. So, so this is where you're starting to get the blurring of the lines, right? You know, it's software crossing over into financial services, effectively subsidizing their entry by, you know, core software income and, and vice versa, you know, and that's the, you know, when I talk about, the, you know, my radar and who I've got on my radar, it's not just, you know, my primary competitors. Fundamentally, you know, I'm concerned about one day banks waking up to the fact that actually um, they could be providing the same type of capabilities that, that we do at the very core of what businesses need. Because at the very core, those small businesses aren't really doing accounting with accounting software. They're essentially managing payables and receivables. And at the very core, that's what, you know, they can do you know, with their banks. I think you've summed that up really well. And I mean, before we kind of flip it back onto the bank side there, I think you said a couple interesting things. I mean, you've started down the path where you said, well, this, you know, the financial services layer kind of beyond the, you know, the ledger that we offer is, a, you know, potentially adjacent growth opportunity, but then you almost flip the script, which I think is really interesting. Well, Maybe it's not so much about, you know, revenue or additional kind of contribution margin. It's just something that, you know, makes our customer happy. They churn less, they acquire easier, they, you know, expand seats, like whatever it is. Because I'm guessing you, there's probably lots of end of life issues you have where a business maybe starts to outgrow, you know, the range of the, the you know, the particular package they have or whatever, where they're prone to churn. But the more of these hooks you get into them probably adds years to your retention. Yeah, well, well look, you, you think about, you know, really what's happened in the last, you know, let's call it decade, but the sort of proliferation of, of SaaS you know, and cloud software has essentially meant that any size business now, you know, has access to a level of sophistication they never did, and they can do it on a credit card. So, you know, all of a sudden, you've got very small businesses, you know, that have access to a really sophisticated capability. And, you know, but by default, every business now has got multiple of these. You know, it's, it's the sort of iPhone era of business, right? You know, people are sort of plug and playing software. Now, you know, that, that, that creates, you know, a couple of different challenges. The, the first, go back to that client experience. They're, they're bouncing around, you know, different applications to stitch together some, you know, a process or a workflow. So, you know, what we're trying to do is solve for that. You know, we're trying to eliminate, you know, the number of hops, you know, we're trying to consolidate that capability, you know, so that they need fewer of it. And that's, that's how, you know, we make sure we both protect and expand. So that, that's happening in the software industry. On the banking side, 
And that presents an, an immense opportunity because with all of these now new capabilities that they're starting to engage with, you've now got this rich vein of insight you know, and data um, associated with that business that you never had before. And you sort of go back to the very fundamentals, you know, of financial services. It's all about information. It's all about, you know, knowing your customer and then you're using that knowledge to be able to extend, you know, whatever services that you're looking to and do it in a, you know, way that you can lower your risk. So, you know, the, this is where I, I come back to this sort of convergence issue, right? An, an opportunity, actually, which is, you know, on one side, you know, on both sides, we're all trying to value add. We're starting off in different places, but increasingly where that value add comes from are the same things. You know, banks will no longer talk about you know, lending and no longer talk about, you know, you know, deposit management. What they'll talk about is essentially what you do with those financial services, how you prosper, how you, you know, can achieve the outcome that you're looking to achieve. We fundamentally do the same thing. You know, we look beyond the use of the software to the outcome. And when the outcomes are now common, that's what you're competing for, right? So you're competing for that, that sort of share of mind as to who's best placed to achieve that outcome. No, I, t I t totally agree. And it, I mean, it's always struck me that obviously on your side of the coin, and I, I think there's lots of reasons why in certain cases, I think some of the accounting and, you know, those kinds of software tools have, have lagged the times maybe from a user experience. They're like, oh, it's just accountants, right? Like they have low expectations, but ultimately you're the consumer proposition in this, right? You're in there, you're the closest map to the business process of the user, right? You, you're thinking of their kind of jobs to be done and their business flows. And, and I'm, on some of them, you probably hit the mark exactly. And on some of them, it, it maybe does or doesn't. But from a bank's perspective, it's always blowing my mind as kind of an outsider to it that they use the language of how they manufacture stuff as opposed to the language of what um, users are trying to get done, right? Which is a small thing, but it, it's, I think that's your point here. They're not, it's like, I, there's no user, I mean, in, in your market, nobody's, you know, cares about BPay or NPP or those, like those aren't, it's irrelevant, right? They're trying to, get their supplies bought so they can make stuff and sell stuff right there that these words don't ever show up in their vernacular right and i think that's the that iphone era of kind of small business experiences it hasn't made it to that side of the coin yet i don't think in terms of how we think about banking products solving problems no no not yet but it is shifting and you can see that um and and you know the, the guys who you know at, at the front of that have a really understanding that and they're starting to you know, invest in capabilities, and I say that broadly, not just technology, but even changing up the personnel in banks that have come from, you know, the, the tech industry and, the, you know, who's thought about this sort of thing, you know, beyond the capability for a long time, right? So you can see it's shifting for sure. Um, you know, obviously, I think, you know, banks have had just the, the sort of challenges that they've had to deal with in, in incumbency, right? You know, you get to a certain size and, you know, now you've got you know, the, 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 you know, the inertia isn't there. You know, you've got very large IT organizations. You've got keeping the lights on is your single biggest issue. And, you know, and, and now, you know, with the regulatory environment, they're being forced more and more to be infrastructure. Um, than you know, <laughs> placing their focus on on value add. So so there's that you know issue or obstacle or set of obstacles for them. But it's shifting. You know, it really is. You said earlier that it that it 
keeps you up at at night or puts you in a cold sweat the idea of a bank coming out and you know maybe having this native offering of a you know very small business focused sort of bookkeeping solution that's just all wired in and we've seen bits and pieces of this there's certainly some examples around the world i think some of the banks have done things taking a small piece of probably functionality that you would consider from your domain right a little receivables automatic invoicing thing that's built into the small business banking portal or this or that there's some of that i've always thought myself i was interested that you viewed that as a a a material threat to your business i've always thought it was a challenge there that if a bank goes deep down kind of one solution they have kind of a bookkeeping platform it's only always going to appeal to one out of every x customers because everybody you know somebody comes and takes QuickBooks and Zero and Sage 50 for a ride, three random people are going to like and love three different solutions for ostensibly probably reasons that you could, uh, you know, uh, fully express or articulate, right? It's just a personal preference. Like I've always thought it would be hard for a bank to lock themselves in on one experience and meet a, a wide horizontal audience, but. I, Clayton, I don't want to give them too many, you know, tips here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reality is, is that when you break this down, and, and we've got a lot of insight on this, um, you know, and start with that small business community, which is really the, the sort of rich vein, if you like, you know, of every economy and what banks, you know, really are, are sort of scrambling over. The starting point for their use of, you know, small business accounting software, let's call it, fundamentally is the, this, the use of the as tools, payables and receivables. Like you think of, you know, whether it's a small cafe or a trades person, you know, or, you know, trades business running a few people, you know, what these guys are doing, they're quoting, they're invoicing, they're, you know, making sure they're getting paid and that's the single biggest issue and then, you know, paying out as they need to as well, right? So, that they are the core requirements of a very small business. Let's get back to what any core banking platform does. Uh, every core banking platform makes payments, right? So at the very core, they essentially have their pays, you know, in a system and they have the ability to pay them, right? Every bank receives money. And, you know, increasingly what they're starting to do is add value, you know, add you know, enrich, if you like, the remittance and start to get richer information about that receivable. So they've got the very core of that information flow for those two primary activities. How hard would it be to take it to the next step and essentially bake in a proper invoicing, you know, quoting and invoicing capability and, you know, again, really think about customer list and supplier list? just not that hard, right? Especially when they've got more software engineers available to them, most banks, than most software companies do, right? So when you think about that as just a a mindset shift, you know, I literally, I could wake up tomorrow and, you know, a, a, a primary bank in this market could have that capability turned on. And at that point, I think you end up basically appealing to a very, very large population of businesses. Um, the advantage for them as well is, is that it starts to create, you know, a, a real sort of compelling, if you like, reason for why a business might start to consolidate its banking if it's if it's multi-banked, right? And so, you know, there are so many reasons for them to do this, right? 
and and sort of go back to you know that that blurring of industry and you know where you potentially can get unfair advantage they could do all of that and not charge for it because essentially what they're going to monetize is greater share of financial wallet so so this is where like i said the sort of blurring of these industries is going to i think fundamentally you know create a very different playing field in the coming years no i think that's a really comprehensive and compelling world view um it made me think of two things while you were talking there uh one is just around that so i totally concur and i think that the banks and the uh, adjacent technology providers and a whole bunch of people have a bunch of work to do like i'd love to live in a world where you know ap and ar weren't like a burden right where we don't have press releases about 20 dollars per invoice to process on each side i i it, like as a technologist it feels solvable right there's lots of reasons it isn't uh, one thing i'm curious on that front do you you guys are in your markets. I, I mean, at least I think in 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 Australia, New Zealand, some of the e invoicing stuff is there's some of the regulations come around, like it's starting to be nascent. There is is any of that happening? Is it making a difference at all in in solving those pains? No, look, it, um, regulation always changes you know, environments and industry, and 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 this will. Um, so you know, as this becomes, and like it has in Europe, as it becomes. Uh, a policy, if you like, um, there will be, you know, innovation and greater levels of adoption, you know, around those things. In Australia, you know, this is again, this marketplace is a fascinating marketplace, right? A small market, yet it probably has one as one of the highest sort of competitive concentrations globally. You are every vendor, pretty much in every industry competing in this market because it's a really, it's a doorstep into one of the largest markets in the world in Asia, um, and so. You know what you've got here is you know high levels of adoption, and and we are an early adopter of technology. So in in the small business community, you know, our statistics are probably now edging towards ninety percent of small businesses using small business accounting software in some way, shape, or form. But I come back to it; they're not really using it for accounting; they're using it for for tools like invoicing, like receivables. And so, you know, what every every software providers been scrambling over is getting access to banking information for that that reconciliation and integrating into payment systems and you know faster payments still isn't a pervasive thing in Australia you know but but it's 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 coming right so so e-invoicing will like I said I think what that could do is poke the sleeping bear right you know it could be right now that businesses have to do this why wouldn't we invest in you know taking some of that on as you know from a bank's strength you know when when i think about it that way no it totally makes sense and i mean i i just it strikes me as compelling and i think the other thing is really interesting right if you think about the predecessor to this e-invoicing stuff especially the you know the iso kind of request for pay and some of these things that are coming in a market like australia where there's only four banks it's not really hard to have a business to business match right where you could have everybody talking to everybody through the, you know, through the NPP platform or whatever, you know, in a structured way, like it's, it's kind of interesting. Whereas in the United States, for example, it'd be very difficult, right? There's still 12,000 banks or however many there are, it'll, it'll be, it'll be slower. The one other thing I wanted to just get your thoughts on, you know, 
because I think it's relevant to both your competitive position in the banks. But, you know, something we talked about is the nature of business is so different that there's almost this other class of, you know, kind of general ledger operational software now, something like the Shopify's of the world, right? There's so many of these e-commerce type businesses. That's kind of their primary tool. But increasingly, as an extension of that, the you know, the shop of, or the, the stripes and the add-ins and those kinds of people are really the primary deposit taker, right? They're the receivables engine and are now kind of working, you know, I assume, you know, the Shopify is kind of working deeper into your world in terms of well, why, you know, why would you even need an adjacent ledger to this? But, you know, certainly on the financial side, they're like, well, why would the money ever need to leave add-in, right? Like pay your bills out of here, pay your you know, pay your merchants out of here, do that kind of stuff. And it strikes me as their their side of the coin is increasingly impactful to everybody's life. Look, I, you know, no doubt you've got to be thinking bigger picture and ecosystems and, and where, you know, some of what we've deemed as core activity in an environment really being, you know, under the purview of banks and you know, continuing to you know, spread out through that ecosystem. I think that will no doubt happen. I'm not sure that, you know, all of those, um, you know, point players really want to take on the broader responsibilities of, you know, what, again, in the current mindset of government and, and the role that banks play, want to go all the way and, and you know, take on the responsibilities that they do. Um, why would you when you're sort of playing, you know, at the profitable end of, of that spectrum? Um, so I, I think, you know, until we sort of get to a place where, really that next you know evolution of thinking starts to permeate into government right and and you know governments start feeling comfortable with distributed ledger and new technologies that then really do challenge you know what a bank does um which i still think is probably a generation away to be honest i think it's just a generational thinking um you know they will definitely play more and more of a role but but i think you know that I think it'll pause at some point, right? And so, but but your point is is a, is a really important one, right? Which is having to consider now that ecosystem and how that ecosystem comes together. So, you know, my payments could be happening with, you know, a a point player. Um, my receivables could be happening with some other point player. So the, the information could actually, and the data could be sitting there that the monies also, you know, to some degree could be sitting, you know, with them as well. So, you know, how do I now, you know, stitch all of that together? And once again, that's what software companies are trying to do. They're sort of, they're, they're looking at, at that landscape and saying, you know, there's opportunity there actually. You know, the moment that you get that level of complexity, that's where we make money. We make money on solving, you know, business complexity, right? So, so, Software, the software industry and the tech industry is going to support, you know, that type of innovation and, and the building out of the financial ecosystem on that front. Um, it, it, it's not going to, you know, it's going to fuel, you know, its growth. Um, but I keep coming back to this, this notion of, you know, at some point, you know, as you keep sort of chipping away um, at a bank's core business and, and, and the current environment, you know, isn't creating a sense of urgency, unfortunately, for them, because the current environment, b- banks are, are just prospering through what we've we've just gone through, and you know, all of the economic stimulus in the world. So, 
you know, it, it's nuisance still for them. But once it becomes real and there's a sense of urgency in solving the problem, which is that they are bleeding, you know, customer loss in terms of, you know, mind share as much as anything else as wallet share, um, they're going to have to react. And, and I think these are some of the areas that, you know, are the most obvious to react in. The most simple pathway for them to add value back to clients is to have what they've got to invest in is their online banking systems actually be more useful, right? You know, it's no longer useful because because I don't need to go into an online banking system to make payments anymore. You know, what, what, why do I need to use an online banking system? I can fundamentally cash manage out of my software, my own business software. So really all it becomes is rails. And so, you know, they don't ever want to be at that point where they're completely faceless. And so, you know, it, it's at some point, you know, there will be an industry shift and you've got to believe that. No, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And so maybe just to go back and, and go almost on a, I think a different direction, but related, I think the other interesting thing in your business is um, how, there is that growth of, of applications, right? So the, the, certainly the small businesses really digitize. They become a savvy consumer of SaaS. And in certain cases, I don't think it'd be fair to say they've unbundled some of your products, certainly some of that, right? But into narrower, you know, best-in-class scopes of something that's just a module of, say, 300 now is just some separate, you know, payroll tool that you maybe buy separately, but also just coming up with things that make the core ledger kind of tool run better, right? There's so many businesses that are now designed just to be another module for NetSuite or Sage Intact or whatever and distribute through the marketplaces that you all kind of own and operate around that. That just strikes me as a really interesting trend to your business, right? How the you know businesses are, you know, you probably have a flashy stat about how many more SaaS tools every you know business hires, how that's going to play out, how it you know, has a potential to kind of fork the data even further and where it sits. I don't know if you have some thoughts on this. So, so you know, what I've just been describing is, um, you know, th this disaggregation, you know, of capability or, or services in financial services is exactly what's happening, you know, in software. So when we talk about risk and opportunity, that's our risk right now, you know, which is those fringe problems being solved by point players. And so, you know, and that's something that you, you know, the, the, the tech industry has been, I think, really thought leading in many ways, right, in the software industry. And, and so, you know, it was really the first to truly adopt this notion of ecosystem. Um, and so from that standpoint, you know, we know it's going to happen. You know, the way that technology is modernized leads itself to happen. And so, you know, as a core provider, We've got to embrace that. Otherwise, I, I think you, you do it at your detriment. And and uh, and so from that standpoint, you know, we've got to balance out. And, and again, it's akin to where banks are at, interestingly. But we've got to balance out the continued investment in our core software and technology so that it's open and can interoperate with, you know, point solutions and that innovation that's happening there. But at the same time, make sure that, we don't give too much of that away. And so, you know, our, our own orientation starts to shift to making sure that we stay close to our knitting and being really great at our core and then continue to scan the environment for, you know, hot spots and emerging needs that either, you know, we build or buy 
you know, in that space. And so, um, again, but, but it's, it, the, the environment and the way it's changing is very, very similar, right, in, in what we were just describing for, for banks and financial services in general. And you made a really interesting comment to me offline about that. So if we, if we look at that span of these different business operational tools, they're all generating, you know, there is way more data about businesses than ever before. There's that little bit of a tug of war between the, the you know, the information that sits in the core banking system and the information that sits in your end in the general ledger and like starting to unify across all those directions does seem like the bedrock of where the next the true financial services are going to come in, right? There's a whole bunch of value propositions to be built on top of unifying those disparate sources of data, I think, as well. Oh, completely. So, so uh, and I'll draw, you know, a, a sort of analogy. Um, but right now, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about the accountants industry. And so we serve, you know, a broad range of accountant practices. And, you know, their challenge is, you know, if you, if you take a, a sort of mid-sized practice and let's say it's got a thousand odd business customers, um, just by, you know, market shares, they'll have basically 800 of those customers having small business accounting software across at least four different vendors. So the challenge for them now is their customers expect that the, the core work that they do, tax compliance, is done better, faster, cheaper. I'm providing you all of this information. It's no longer shoebox receipts. You know, it's there. It's organized. You can see all of my transactions. Banking data is all there. So turn it around faster. Um, the, the actual experience is the accountant now needs to learn those four different packages because the way that they organize data and what data they capture is is very different, yet they all need to essentially translate that information, transform that information back into a common format and form in order for them to, you know, essentially do that sort of static accounting. Um, and, and in addition to that, they therefore end up spending the vast majority of their resources worrying about now effectively managing data and manipulating data than actually using the data. So, you know, one of the things that, that we've done, um, you know, as yeah, within our service offering and our capabilities has created a solution to essentially normalize all of that, bring in data from the various small business accounting packages, you know, both core ledger information, but really importantly, you know, some of the non-financial, right, sales and, and other information. And, you know, again, unify that, normalize that into a common view. So now they can essentially, you know, change the, the client name and get the exact same view of information, financial, non-financial, that opens up a completely different opportunity for them, right? And so now the, the dialogue with their client isn't, you know, hey, yeah, pay me $1,000, I've, I've completed your tax return. It's let's actually talk a little bit about what I've seen in your business and, you know, what you might be able to do. And and that analogy, bringing it back now to financial services, is I think fundamentally where every bank wants to be. Every bank wants to be in a place where um, it may not even want to have the dialogue. It just wants to, in an automated way, be able to get that picture of a client. And so it can start to smart decision about what it does with them, right? What it offers them, how it manages them, and to do that dynamically. So we start talking about the very nerve center of a bank being 
risk and risk management that then extends capability, the opportunity now to truly automate all of this stuff, it's, it's no longer rocket science. It's there. Um, the challenge is stitching it together. And, and like I said, there's already a number of providers out there that you know, are, are driving to that. When you mention that, I mean, at the risk of sounding pedantic, you know, some the dorkiest guy you know always asks, says, "Oh, define the difference between risk and uncertainty." And actually, ultimately, the way that banks have lent it to businesses is probably it's probably a lot more akin to uncertainty than risk, right? It's just, oh, I like you know, I like the cut of Carrie's jib. It's on a you know, it's on a handshake. I think his business is good for it. You're talking about like real crisp real deep insight data potentially and it this being a very you know easy to price very you know very well known you know risk set that you're taking on lending to people in the future i mean you know in the past and i've worked with a number of banks you know who essentially have been doing unsecured lending off of you know current bank statements you know of other, other providers right um you know, tomorrow they have the ability to see not only their cash position, which is aggregated across whatever financial institutions they're using, they can actually see a financial forecast on the basis of sales pipeline and other non-financial activity. I mean, it's just incredible, right? The opportunity that sort of sits before them in terms of decisioning. Uh, and so that that's, that's what they should all be chasing fundamentally. No, I totally agree. And you're seeing that all over the board, right? Like venture capitalists now, the first thing they do with a lot of these guys is you audit the Stripe account, right? Of the person. You get the analyst on it. You look at the SaaS churn. You look at when that credit card quit getting swiped because they, and it's just like the totality and the, the reality of that business is written in stone. Completely. Awesome. Well, I think we're kind of running up at time here. I mean, this has been great for me. We've sort of talked about these issues about the convergence between the kind of the operating environment and the operating tools and sort of what, you know, the bank's role in that often from the bank's perspective. I really appreciate you coming in and kind of painting it back from your your perspective. Um, and I think there's lots of things to kind of mull over here about how these worlds are going to converge, how, I mean, ultimately, I think the business owner is going is the winner, right? Regardless of how the card chip on the table, the experience and the ease of running your business is just like going to continue to go up year over year, and the cost of the stuff is seemingly going to go down. And it, it's that's the beauty of technology. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent right. Ultimately, the the business is the winner, or the client is the winner at the end of the day. And um, and and I do think we're going to see a very different environment. And and I'm not talking about in the distant future. I think in the next few years. You know, that this convergence is is very real. Like I said to you, you know, earlier, you know, increasingly, you know, a business doesn't need to go into its core banking system, you know, to do the activities it used to do. You can do it out of, you know, their ERP and or, you know, their accounting applications. And so um, that's something that that really the, the financial world needs to understand and really consider how it responds to. Well that is a perfect note to end on thank you so much for coming on the show um thanks to everybody for listening as always um feel we always encourage you to you know add us on spotify or apple or wherever you get your podcasts send the episode to a friend if you enjoyed it and uh, never hesitate to hit us with any questions comments concerns or uh, put your hand up to be a guest at info at fivespan.com send us a note thanks again thanks carrie really appreciate it